Get your number 29. Yo, yo, it's your boy. Last night coming in with the 32 kill streak on Call of Duty. My number 29, though, is Ken Dryden. Yo, yo, yo. I think my uh, pick for number 29, my favorite 29, I think has to be Leon Dreisaitl. Um It was a close second just because uh, Drysdin, but I think I wasn't alive for Drysdin. Although that was pretty amazing, I think uh, it's hard to, to, to look at a, a player that I've never watched because uh, of my age. Um, I've, I'm hoping that uh, Dreisaitl eventually gets out of the second round. And uh, I think, uh, uh, just looking at my best memories of him, uh, I don't know, Dick. Yo, yo, what is going on, hockey fans? 29th episode, we are mixing it up. So, number 29 for me is Martin Furt of the Los Angeles Kings. A native of the Czech Republic, a big underdog, zero points this year, but you know how we like underdogs. This season has been off to an interesting start. Looking at our hometown senators, oh, big oof. And getting this Royal Rumble feature on its way, this pay-per-view event, which is free to everybody, because we're not paying $9.99 a month to see this collective uh, collective entertainments of abundance show here. Yeah. Ooh-wee, you know, we've had a lot of news coming up in the last few days. And, you know, it's uh, with Yuzo's guy there, Martin Fork, he was actually started off pretty well last year with the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, unfortunately, suffered a little injury in the beginning there. But I like I liked that, uh, that picking by Yuzo there. It's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you know what? It was kind of a one that uh, you could say was off the tape uh, or you know, it was off the beaten path, that choice. We really didn't expect it from Yuzo, but he dug deep with his hockey knowledge. You know, we, we know Yuzo deep down probably watches hockey secretly but doesn't tell us. Uh, so definitely was kind of a cool uh, cool shutout from Yuzo there. And speaking of Seal and Yuzo, they just pulled a Santino Morella, and they've been eliminated less than two seconds into this. So we're down to our final three combatants now. 
Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't, uh, you could say, Evander Kane eliminating them in 1.9 seconds, nor was it Sheamus. So it wasn't one of those two guys, but uh, still, at least they're, at least now they're gone. So we can get back to uh, all of the uh, hockey business and kind of all the news that's been going on. You know, we're a couple weeks into the season and things are getting a little hectic. You know, last night was kind of a really fun night, you could say. Plenty of entertaining overtime games and some other news and tidbits kind of going on in the last uh, last couple days. And, uh, you know, as Ottawa fans, I think we're a little sad uh, to see the way things have been going, but plenty of other teams performing well that like we expected. Well, before I jump into that, quick little thing I want to say about my guy Brad McCrinnon there picking him. Oh, yeah. So, unfortunately, he passed away at just under 10 years ago in the Russian plane crash that happened there. Yeah. But he was one of the most underrated defensemen in NHL history because this guy wound up playing for um, – he played for six teams in the NHL. The coolest thing with them, he started off with the Boston Bruins, right? Uh, he, this guy was just made where every time he went to a new team was because there's always a rising prospect or a defensive prospect. He was a defenseman coming up on the rise. So, for instance, he got he spent three years in Boston. He got traded to Philadelphia. Well, he went to Philadelphia because they had a rising prospect in Mark Howe. Yeah. Once Mark, once Howe was uh, was groomed and everything, they shipped him off to Calgary. Oh, well, there's Al McKinnis right there for three years to groom him. Once that was done over, they shipped him to, to Detroit. Who did Detroit have coming along? Oh, just Nicholas Lidstrom. After three years at Detroit there as well, they shipped him off to Hartford. And who did Hartford have? The guy drafted right behind, Alexander Day. Oh, just Chris Pronger. Yeah. So oh. what, what a career to say that he was a defensive partner from the likes of Mark Howe, Al McKinnis, Nicholas Lidstrom and Chris Pronger throughout a career and all of that there. And because his brother's uh, the GM of the Vegas Golden Knights there. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, kind of, uh, it's kind of crazy to see who, uh, who he was paired up with there and who he really helped develop. I mean, so nuts. Yeah. But as you say, you know, getting up to quick times here and everything with the hockey season and all. And, you know, for, for us uh, hockey fans here in the nation's capital, the great white North Canada, it's been, uh, well, <laughs> it's been a little rough to begin with. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, the offense is almost like John Cena. You really can't see it right now, but yeah, I think we'll hopefully get there uh, in a couple weeks when things start to gel a little bit more. Well, you saw all the players we brought, like, literally, like you know, you look at Ottawa Senators there, and it looks like a team full of young guys who are being groomed in. Yeah. And a whole bunch of players who've never played with each other. Like that's exactly how we look out there. Yeah. We're not playing like as a team. Brian, all is grit. And you know what, Steph? I, I've got one word to describe this team. I'm gonna spell it out for you. S A W F T Soft. Wow. How are you doing? Yeah, nice. That's I actually like that shout out. It, it you know what? They have been a little bit soft. I think it's really funny because one thing we were talking about early on was the makeup of this team was one that was going to have plenty of grit. And, you know, maybe we haven't shown that in the last couple of games. We haven't gotten angry, it seems, which is surprising considering the uh, aggregate score against freaking uh, Vancouver in our last little series there was, uh, what, 16-3 to overall? And you barely saw anybody drop any gloves to push anybody around or hit them into the, like, finish their checks hard. It was kind of... One of those things where you thought that this type of team, even if, like you said, they aren't all together, could rally around being with being together by, you know, laying their bodies a little bit on the line and getting into the rough stuff to kind of really come together. Just haven't seen it yet. So 
I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens tonight against Holy Jesus. We're playing McJesus tonight, so we'll see how that goes. But, oh, my and God. We're going up against the animal and Connor McDavid there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, just watching that McDavid goal last night kind of has, I think, a lot of Senators fans down in spirit. Yeah, well, hopefully he'll be a little tired and everything, but it's been pretty cool watching at the uh, at the North Division, and yeah. you know Montreal's off to quite the start there, and Toronto's they've been on fire there as well. Yeah. Um, certainly, it's been a little underwhelming, I think, in say in Calgary, considering they just gave themselves a Montreal screw job, but they bounced back huh. pretty good right afterwards, shutting them out and so making Montreal suffer their first loss of the season. Yeah. Yeah, and, and even in that other division that we talked about, you know, um, out in the uh, in the East Division, uh, you know, Washington, you know, they're they're always a big show out there, so it's it's kind of good to uh, good to watch them. You can never go wrong watching all the Russians, even though they've been uh, in quarantine the last week. They're slowly filtering back into the lineup. It's pure entertainment. Philly's right up there with them, and you know, Boston surprising us so far. Pittsburgh, even Buffalo right now, you know, winning uh, more W's, uh, more a higher number in the W column than in the L column, which is surprising us all, to say the least. Yeah, no, it's been pretty fun. And uh, especially, as you mentioned, the Washington Capitals there, it's pretty cool to see Big E, I mean, sorry, Big Z scoring his first goal at the Capitals. Yeah, oh, it was so awesome to see him go to the bench and everybody mob him. You know, it's just 43-year-old, He's one of the biggest guys in the league, and it's just awesome to see guy, well, guys. He makes love. Andre the Giant look small and skates. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's it's really funny. I know it's early on in the season, but seeing that type of energy from a team, especially from that guy being inserted into the lineup this year, it kind of makes you go, wow, there's some type of, you know, aura around them that kind of kind of makes you think, wow, like if they stay healthy and they keep playing like this, like it's there are cup contenders. I mean, we, they usually are, but there's just something about the energy in that locker room. It's not the same as the last two years after they won the cup. I think Charo, as we spoke about weeks ago, brought something again to maybe kind of bring a new energy and that leadership. Definitely keeping the guys focused in there. Well, especially when they, you know, with their four Russians there too, right? Orlov, one of their top defensemen. Yeah. Vetkin, Kuznetsov, Sansonov, their number one goalie, all out for four games. And look where they came away at the results. Like, it's not like they missed a beat. Nope. Now, you know, they got Steph's favorite number, and there was six wins in nine games going on. Hey, you know you know what it is. It's my favorite. And then, you know, do you, go, you go to the darker times, unfortunately, you know. Uh, oh, crap. I wanted to say, what's a good pun in there to say? Well, I mean, it depends on who so you're like, looking like, at. Like, try, sorry, trying to segue into like the central there. If you have something to segue into, like for all their COVID losses of games. Well, scattered. I mean, honestly, all all you kind of hear when you think about the central is the Undertaker's dong and the lights going out. If you really want to go to a dark place, uh, if you really want to, you know, I I think that the Undertaker's waiting for them down with Kane. Uh, you're gonna be breathing in some of that brimstone from hell uh, with that division, man. It's it's Tampa Bay, and then it's Columbus and Florida, and that's it. After that, I mean, you know what? Dallas and Carolina have been hot, but yikes. The other, there's a couple teams in there looking to tank. Excuse me. Uh, well, it's, it, like, it's funny to see Detroit and Chicago coming away with excuse me, a few wins here and there. But, yeah, certainly afterwards, it's, it's, just, it's just funny with the division how Columbus, as of this morning on Sunday – 
Columbus is first place, but they yeah. played so many more games than some of the other teams. It's I just know. so scattered all over. It makes it hilarious to see. Yeah. But, and, but you know, again, credit to Columbus. You know, we, we mentioned this before the season started, saying they're just a team of complete unknown players because it's not like household names. It's just like, like again, you'll just look at Columbus and even their farm system. It's like, okay, if your name isn't three syllables at minimum, you're not going to be like a household name, uh, you know, in Ohio there. Yeah. But you got to hand it off. Tortorella, he gets the boys going there. They're running. They're skating hard. They're grinding it out. They're pulling away the W. And yeah. also, the big thing, too, is going to be for this season, are these going to be these bloody three-point games? Yes. You know, with friggin' and, and you know, again, you look at your Sabres, your Devils, your Lumpus Blue Jackets as examples, all these overtime losses as well. It's like, you know, whatever gets you points to stay in top four in division, make a playoffs, and by all means, keep going about the uh, extra sessions there. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of fascinated to see how it plays out because, as a team, you don't want to be putting yourself in too many situations throughout such a condensed season to have the extra, you know, you might go into, you might be the team that ends up going into the most shootouts. You've added about, well, let's say seven or eight. You added an extra 30, 40, 50 minutes of game time to your to your season, if that's the case. Uh, I don't know if you want to be doing that. I think I think that um, the, I think that that team that can finish things early as early on as possible, finish the game in regulation, and just not have to worry about that extra stress is gonna maybe even be healthiest and most successful going into the postseason at this rate. I mean, but we've seen a lot of it early on. It's been sloppy. These first 10, well, I want to say, depending on the team, these first four to 13 games for teams. So, <laughs> Well, it's just one at the Central where it is quite the handicap match you're looking at, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, and it, it, and it really does show how handicapped Chicago and Detroit are, having played nine and still behind uh, Florida, Tampa, Dallas, and Carolina, who all played five and six games. So you're literally like, it's you know, they don't even deserve to be in the Royal Rumble at this point. They're not even an entrant. It's They're just spectating, you know, like you do during like a lumberjack match or whatever, or you just, everybody stands outside the ring. They're just looking. They're just enjoying the view, basically, of all the other teams in their division. Well, just uh, you can say they're almost like a Mick Foley on the sidelines there, you know? They're yeah, it's an absolute mutant. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends on who shows up. Depends on if it's Cactus Jack, if it's Mick, you know? And there's so many characters that can show up. So you never know who might just show up. Yeah, you know, and then, you know, you got to love and enjoy what's happening out in the, in the West Division there, too, where Colorado and Vegas came storming out of the gates. Actually, oh, yeah. no, sorry. Col Colorado, they came out strong. Slowed down, of, and this is only nine games in, but they came out strong. Yeah. A little back on the back pedal there, and then yeah. they've picked it, they've ramped it things up again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, Colorado, unfortunately, Vegas going through some COVID uh, protocol stuff right now. They actually, yeah, they actually had to play without their entire coaching staff uh, yeah. in their last game because one of their coaches tested positive, and now I do believe Alex Petrolangelo tested positive as well now. Yikes. So, you know they're gonna have to have games that are gonna have to be made up for, but at least they started off on a good, uh, good hot start for them. Yeah, and you know I guess that's that's what happens. I mean, you are the team that uh, is gambling the most, so you know I guess you had the highest chance of getting COVID in that division uh, in the end. But it's it's yeah I don't know. We'll see. It's gonna be very interesting because they're still ahead of a lot of teams that are gonna be chasing them. Uh, and they've only played seven games. Like they automatically already have one, two, three games in hand with some uh, on some teams. So it's definitely something to watch out for. And um, I guess uh, one 
thing that is kind of continuing with San Jose is Eric Carlson being uh, a minus. I think we just have to give a shout out <laughs> to the old Ottawa senator. You know, it's a positive um, outlook. <laughs> well, positive outlook is that trade right now, but kind of. So we'll see how uh, how it all kind of comes together. But and then Minnesota, you know, uh, one um, their young prospect that they just picked in the first round there in the top ten. Uh, Marco Rossi heading back to Austria for, you know, we don't know. They've said six weeks, but it might be more. A poor guy suffering from COVID complications. So, you know, hopefully that uh, he recovers and it doesn't end up uh, affecting his uh, his career going forward. Yeah, no, because, like, as we were talking about before, I thought he contracted the virus before the World Juniors, and then he participated in them, and yeah. then, then he went to Minnesota camp, Minnesota Wilds camp, um, and they announced that he was out and everything. They said upper body injury. And now it does sound like it's COVID after effects or so. Yeah. And yeah. They're saying they sent him back home to Austria. They hope they, they're they looking forward to him being back with the Wild in six weeks. So you're aiming for around mid-March uh, there, you would assume? Yeah. Yeah, pretty so, much. And, I mean, that's a lot of the way into the season six weeks from now. You know, it's – I mean – it's not like Minnesota is going to really be looking for a boost from him that much, but it's still a, a player that is, especially with Billy Guerin there now coming in, you, you kind of want to have that first guy you pick as the GM or one of your top guys that you've now picked as the GM really begin to develop. And this will definitely hinder him a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned just a few seconds ago too, about gambling and if you're a betting man, keep betting on the under on the Anaheim Ducks here. So far this season, the Anaheim Ducks have only scored three or more goals in a game once. That one game was a 3-1 victory over Colorado. They were winning 2-1 into the third period, and then they scored their third goal of the game in empty netter. It was their only shot of the damn period. That's, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, for Anaheim, Anaheim, like, but hey, kudos to them. Anaheim's 3-4-2 right now because of some stellar and elite goaltending from John Gibson for them there. But it's uh, it, it's you know, but so far season's going pretty well. It's been quite exciting hockey to watch as we've all yeah. been hoping. You know, it's yeah, sure you can say the season's been uh, maybe a little rough for some teams here and there, or, yep. but definitely the uh, the entertainment factor is certainly there, and it's quite the mania event that's been going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what, I I'm definitely going to be excited to see who is going to be. Um, front and center when this mania kind of winds down and we have our main event in the Stanley Cup Finals. And, you know, like you said, we can't make... We already made predictions, but let's be real. Like, you, like you've mentioned before, we can't make predictions until all is said and done after the trade deadline and things are locked in and settled in and we see who's on the long-term injured reserve, who might be returned. You know, all these things matter so much before making predictions again, but definitely a great start. You kinda, We, we kind of have the usual suspects doing well. You know, you have the odd surprise. Well, pundits will say it's surprising Montreal is where they are, but I think we nailed that they'd be hunting Toronto. Uh, that was definitely something. I mean, technically they have two games in hand, so with two wins, they'd be first in the division. So, you know, they're hunting Toronto. Um, Washington's looking good. We said that Chara coming in would do that, and Philly's right there with them. I think Boston and Buffalo maybe the little surprising ones, and the Islanders kind of a little bit slow out the gate. More yeah, than on and off and everything. Like they look yeah. so good some nights and then completely teeters off the next game. 
Yeah, it's been basically as volatile as that uh, GameStop stock that's been going on the last week uh, in uh, in the world. So I don't know what the, I don't know what else to say except that about the Islanders. Rangers, I think we also thought that they might have been a little bit better, but you know, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how things pick up. Um, I saw an amazing, amazing, hilarious joke the other day. So uh, the Sens are playing the Oilers tonight, right? It, it's it's four. They're four and six. We're one six and one. And um, uh, like, sure, we have two games in hand, whatever. But somebody put in the uh, in a, in a comment section for Washington. Uh, sorry, not for Washington, for Ottawa and Vancouver. You know, are you struggling to score goals and get wins again? Uh, you know, in the NHL today. Well, let a doctor prescribe playing the Ottawa Senators for you. And it almost feels like these next two games are that for Edmonton, potentially, if they steal all four points and anybody that plays Ottawa all year in our division. So, yeah, it's all, I think already Ottawa Senators fans that we've settled in and said, okay, well, we didn't really, I mean, maybe we expected a little bit more having some more veteran guys, some stronger guys in here, but it's just not going to work, it seems you know, there's not an 82-game season. It's 56. So if we suck for the first three quarters and then start to get it together, it's already going to be too late. So if we have another top pick, we're not going to complain. It's a shame it's not 2022, the draft. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, you know what? Actually, it's funny because we have six losses in eight games. Yeah. I'm willing to bet right now Ottawa's going to cover the spread, and they're either going to lose in overtime or win the game outright. And we'll wind up as – because everywhere you see is all the six in and nine mixed and intertwined together. Heck, you know, Leon Dreisaitl has got six goals, nine assists right now in the season. But I'm willing to bet that Ottawa's going to cover the spread, actually, tonight against Edmonton. They're either going to win or lose in overtime, just so they can have six losses, six regulation losses in nine games. Yeah, I mean, Unfortunately, you won't be able to make that bet because this will come out after the game's facts, but you'll be able to hear it first of when it was announced. (laughs) Well, I think Ottawa and Detroit are the only two teams that are in um, their goal differential is negative double digits right now. And Ottawa's the worst in the league. Just saying. I mean, thanks to Vancouver there for that one game. But, you know, those two or three... is approaching us a little bit too. They're minus nine. Yeah, San Jose and Anaheim. I'm I'm just really surprised Pittsburgh is holding up in uh, with with a negative there. And, you know, Geno hasn't been going for them yet. You kind of know that it's so... They're really, really annoying because... One is on and one is off. And then when they show up in the playoffs and both are on, it's the worst combination to potentially play against during the regular, like during the, during the playoffs. Uh, there were years where, uh, you know, Crosby and Malkin were kind of shut down in the playoffs, but in general, that hasn't been the case. And now even with Rutherford leaving, like that was massive news for Pittsburgh. I just don't know where they're going to be heading in the future. There's been rumblings about, you know, is it time and maybe if they fail again this year, how quickly are they willing to strip it down and get going again? You know, they have that massive draft in 2022. There's going to be some big decisions coming in Pittsburgh in the next year to three years, I would say. Well, not only that, but it's also kind of interesting on the subject of Pittsburgh Penguins, how uh, we've seen Brian Dumlin has gone out long-term. Uh, Ricola, he's out long-term. Marcus Peterson's out long-term. Yep. Chris Letang got injured in the first period in the game last night. So it's 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 rough in the sense that they all these only their defensemen are getting injured. Of yeah. course, not Cody Cece, who scored his first career goals of Penguin the other night. Legend, <laughs> big shout out Let's to the Ottawa Senators legend, baby. Let's go. Um, but how you gain all these injuries, and of course we have to bring up the fact that their GM Paul Heyman, uh, you know, wound up resigning there. 
And it's just kind of funny where now their GM, Jim Rutherford, resigns. So they're in search. They hope to have a new GM announced in the next two to three weeks. But it's it's kind it's gonna be very interesting, I think, because again, you're playing so many more games. That's two to three weeks where I don't think you're gonna see any activities going on, like any trades, any signings, because you I don't think you can commit to just the interim being able to do that mid season. Yeah. So, but but it's it's like they need a little insurance marker to help out on their defense because right now their defense looks like it went through Suplex City. Yeah. Oh, Su- Suplex City is right. Uh, yeah, and I mean. I, I don't even know where to go forward with that because I'm just looking at Crosby. Crosby is 33 years of age right now. You know, he's going to be turning 34 this year. Malkin is 34. He's going to be turning 35. They're starting to get into that area where regardless of how skilled they are, it's, you know, it's the back end now. You know, it's that back four, five, six years. And I'm just fascinated to see how they go about doing things this upcoming off season, they're going to have to sit both of the guys down and say, you know, if it's a rebuild, it's four or five years. Like, and if I choose to go forward with it, I have to know that you guys are willing to be gone or, or stay in some way, shape or form. Uh, so I'm definitely well, it fascinated. It sounds like they're, they're definitely still wanting to go all in. Cause yeah, Crosby, yeah, as you mentioned, their age is there. So they got like, you know, they're five, six years between the two. Yeah. So I think that they're really going to try and push for another five, six years. And then they'll see their, their trio of Malkin, Latang, and Crosby probably retire off into the sunset there afterwards. Oh. You know, they'll probably sit down, enjoy a good cold brewski with Stone Cold. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, but it's also kind of crazy, interesting times. You see such like a dynamic organization with the you know when you have faces of the league like that and seeing it come to an end. You know, it's 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 the end of an era. You can say of some sort. Well, you could almost say it comes out of nowhere, like an RKO, those types of things, when you just feel that drop-off, and it's like, yeah, that's it. Saints, that's what happened to Chicago, right? They got hit by an RKO, and now they're stuck rebuilding. And I think I think we're starting to see that with Pittsburgh. We were seeing that same thing. Pittsburgh's era maybe just lasted a couple years longer because of, I just think that Malkin and Crosby are just greater than Taves and Kane. And, you know, I think the GM did a little bit of a better job squeezing out everything that he could. But, yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely kind of riding off into the sunset could be an option if the players feel comfortable with that. But, you know, I don't know. Crosby just seems like the guy who just wants to, wants to, wants to win. So maybe he, you know, gets inspiration from a guy like Chara if Chara does well this year. Who knows? Like, it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens, right? He could be such a, like, a young upcoming team in a couple years. That type of asset, like, if he's still highly skilled, why wouldn't Pittsburgh try to offload him to try to reset well, that's because he's the phenomenal one out there. I guess, yeah. I mean, technically, nothing ever goes wrong with him. But still, he might want to change teams, just like AJ Styles did when he went from uh, when he went into from when into WWE from TNA. Same thing. Well, and it's also pretty big too because you know, again, it's a very short season. Everything's quick and coming. But it's quite the uh, upcoming free agent class we have. And, of course, I think you got to say the, the biggest name who, who has the real edge on the free agent market yeah. is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And, yeah. you know, they, they've said how talks have stalled there between R&H and the Edmonton Oilers. And it'll be interesting to see if they're willing to trade him away. He's been a little – he's been producing so far this season. But, you know, if you're able maybe to get something out of him to help out with the team – 
you know, you never know. Wait and see what can happen. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, for sure. I feel like, you know, if he has that same effect that John Cena has standing behind you in the grocery store, you know, you turn around and, well, you just kind of don't see anybody. And I feel like that's what McDavid does when he's in the center ice position. He looks behind in Edmonton and he sees a bunch of John Cena's. So, who, 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 who? Exactly. So, uh, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where I feel like he just probably overvalues himself because he is in Edmonton and all the McDavid aura, and he's going to try to squeeze that out in, in negotiations. So, yeah, Edmonton's in a, in an interesting position. When, and, sorry, but yeah, when you're a first overall pick and you have to say you're getting all that production from someone else. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, exactly. It just makes no sense to me, but... I guess it is what it is, and um, yeah, I that that's kind of all I all I have on Edmonton. I don't really care for them that much. I, they're my second favorite team in Canada. Typically, I love to cheer for them. I've always have, um, but it just has not been good for them the last ten years, and they just screwed themselves with some massive contracts. And if they do that with RNH, they're gonna have what over twenty percent of their cap, over twenty five percent of their cap, and three players if they screwed themselves with him. So really not worth it, probably. Well, you know, when you got money in the bank to help you out and being able to keep those players around, you really hope it's going to pay off and you're able to jump in there at some point and take the victory for yourself. But, yeah. you know, we'll kind of, you know, and, and that's all that's going on in the NHL. It's fun, exciting hockey, you know, storylines on a daily basis. But how about, uh, you know, we'll switch leagues here, actually. And for a little quick update, you know, we'll give a huge shout out here to the National Women's Hockey League where they're, they're having a short season playing in a bubble in Lake Placid, New York this year, the oh, home yeah. of the 1980 Winter Olympics. Um, but so, they, so they've jumped off uh, with their season. It's only going to be a couple weeks long and then just playoffs over a couple days. Unfortunately, so, so for those that are unaware, six teams are in the league. Despite being in a bubble, unfortunately, somehow, the Metropolitan Riveteers, or Riveteers, Riveteers, um, had to uh, announce that they were leaving the bubble and having to disqualify themselves from the postseason uh, because of COVID uh, uh, COVID tests that popped up. Oh, okay. So they're actually so they're going along their ways now. Just five teams going for the for their championship there. Um, so it's actually a cool fun fact though about it. So their trophy in their league is called the Isabel Cup. Okay. Isabel was the daughter of Lord Stanley, who the Stanley Cup is named after. Oh, cool! That's actually really, really awesome. Yeah. So you know, their so their championship, their playoffs is you know five teams. They're just having right now between the Buffalo Buttes and the Boston Pride playing a best two out of three series. Whoever wins that will finish fourth, and then they'll get into their playoffs come February fourth with their semifinals, and then their Isabel Cup championship February fifth. So very quick season there, but. Little shout out to the extra hockey that's been going on, and a little, a uh, little bit of everything you can get out of, you know, this unfortunate uh, pandemic that we're going through. Yeah, exactly, and you know, still plenty of season left in the in the NHL as well. So it's going to be kind of interesting where we are at the end of February, because you know, it, it is it is Fe you know, it is a new month, and it's going to be exciting to see what happens. So uh, it's you know, four weeks from now, it's going to be quick. It's going to be very quick, shortest month of the year, so we're going to blast through it, and it's going to be, I'm fascinated to see if Ottawa is still last or if we can pull ahead of Detroit, because it seems like that's going to be the battle. Oh, yeah. 
And then we'll have a couple other little quick shout-outs here. Uh, but last night we saw that we saw oh god. So last night we wound up seeing Matthew Olivier scoring his first career NHL goal, the undrafted player at the National Predators. Why am I mentioning his name here? Because it's kind of significant where when you come down from the Wyatt family's territory and with Sister Abigail going on, yeah. uh, but he's the first ever player from Mississippi to play in the NHL and score a goal in the National Hockey League. Nice. Yeah, so even, and again, you know, you, you think about it, Matthew or Matthew Olivier from Mississippi. Yeah. It's all, well, because, his, it's all because his father played pro played pro hockey and the one season he was playing down in mississippi was where his son matthew wound up playing oh uh, okay that makes sense yeah i was and gonna then... say maybe maybe he came <laughs> over from louisiana from the french part but yeah no <laughs> well and then you know we love talking about the 2022 NHL draft as well but you know don't let that get too much in your uh, in your uh, in your headlights there because right after that 2023 you know we're talking about 16 year olds here but we're talking about uh, one guy over from russia as well here matvey mitchkov where he's lighting it up in the mhl right now over in russia where he's got 26 goals in 36 games and 40 points overall where he's set for a 16 year old in this league to be second overall in goals per uh, per game average whereas you know, doing better on pace than your Nikita Kucherov was in that league at the same age and Ooh. some of the other big name Russian names out there too. Ooh. So again, we, we love spicing things up, talking about, you know, the, uh, the TLC matchup that's going to come away in the 2022 NHL draft. Yeah. But it's uh don't, you know, don't be sleeping on 2023. You know, we're in a little bit of a slumber here right now, but we're definitely yeah. coming around to a couple big time drafts over the next couple of years. And then you hear and hear it first, but the next wave of faces of the league are coming up very soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you said, it's kind of a down year, but you know, we'll, we'll rise again like the dead man does and it'll be fine. And, and we'll, we'll start to get those new, that new wave. And you know, what's actually really cool how every 10 years, there's always that superstar that comes in the league and it kind of makes you go, well, you know, McDavid was 2015 so we're coming up in about four draft years from who's the next McDavid because Crosby was 05. So it's kind of, you know, it seems like I remember Spencer and I, you spoke about this. You and I spoke about this. It's, it always seems to happen like that level of player that kind of is the face, is the guy that dominates night in and night out and just puts up insane points is every 10, 10 or so years. And we're kind of already coming up on that. So I guess if we look back, is there any 13, 14, 15-year-olds that are lighting up their leagues with 190 hmm. points in 70 games or something like that? Like, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye out in the next year or two. But it's coming up. You're right. Like, the next couple of years, it's going to be that new wave. Well, you know, we're always due for a couple Uso twins coming along there. Right? You know, we lost out on the Sedins. Got to figure it'll be another set that'll come along. And we're always looking for another underdog. You know, the, uh, you know, someone's coming along with a good spear into the system out there. Yeah. You know, throwing away their haymakers and their Superman punches, too. Yeah. Uh, but it'll definitely be quite, you know, as you said, you know, definitely in the next few years, see another big name guy come out. And again, you're like, you're looking at someone like, again, generally you talk about players that are like 14, 15, but your guys like McDavid and your Crosby, like these guys are known when they're like, I think. I think they said at the earliest, Crosby was being talked about at nine years old. 
Oof. And they said, this guy's going to go first. I was like, the dude's nine. Literally lived every single day of his life to that point, the age of nine. And he does that again. All right, now it's your draft year. It's like yeah. the kid's halfway there to his draft. You're already talking about him being first overall. <laughs> yeah, so maybe, maybe you know, we'll have to keep an eye out and see if there's any names like that in the next couple of years that pop up for, for, the, for, the, for the kid that's going to be the next superstar from the 2020s. But... Yeah, I think uh, that, that I, I don't really have anything else I have to say today, to be honest. I think, you know, we have a lot of good games coming up uh, in, in the coming week, and you will be able to talk about that. And there seems to always be little tidbits of news that pop up. So we'll be able to kind of speak to that when it all comes about. Well, exactly there, Nature Boy. We always like coming out with some flair and having a good time on these uh, podcasts. Woo! <laughs> But we're certainly not going to be like a Daniel Bryan lasting for 76 minutes or even an Italia for 81 minutes in this episode. And I think that's going to pretty much wrap this, uh, you know, this recording up. And we hope you all enjoyed this fun, entertaining podcast with all the latest hockey news that was going down in the hockey world. And we hope to, you know, hope you had a good time, enjoyed, and uh, picked up on some new hockey knowledge out there and be able to spread around to all your friends. And we look forward to seeing you on the next shift. Yeah, looking forward to it. You know, I want everybody out there to keep styling, to keep profiling, keep limousine riding, do all the things that the great Ric Flair does, and we'll leave you with a big before you head off.